Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy. Whether you're a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional, a show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Moni across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Welcome to episode 14 of Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. My name's Chris Lawson. I'm here in London town in the UK, and I'm joined from Philadelphia and the States by Samuel Moni. Say hello, Sam. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm going to try and speak more slowly this episode. I know that I tend to get excited as I get on my soapbox and um, words kind of string together. So so bear with me and, and give me a hint or a reminder. I'll, I'll, I'll try and pause so you can get a word in edgeways, Chris. Thank you. That's, uh, that, that, would, uh, that would certainly work for me, Sam. Good stuff. And, and we've got a big subject this week, a really big one, and uh, it's, it's on everyone's mind at the moment, I think. And, and the subject is, who do you trust? It's a big question that's dominating pretty much everything these days, whether it's politicians, media channels, product reviews, even products. And, and we'll come back to that one in a bit more detail a bit later on. And, and as marketeers, we are storytellers, but we do want that to be based on truth and trust, not fiction. I don't think anyone wants to return to the spurious claims we would see from decades gone past of ad men fame. Uh, with the backdrop we have, it, it makes a marketer's job increasingly hard. So how do we go about it? How do we bring that trust into what we do? That's a, that's a question to you, Sam. I was going to say, that's a great question, Chris, and I'm hoping you, you're going to open the phone lines to ask other people, but it sounds like you're going to throw it across to me across the pond. And as I sit here, I'm thinking, well, the consumer is is winning, really. They're, they're ever more discerning, they're better informed, and they're much more sceptical, and there's so much information out there to, to shine a light on the truth. So can we really fix it? There was a recent study by Ipsos, which was a trust in professions survey across 23 countries and it showed that scientists teachers and doctors are in the top three and they score between sort of 50 and 60 percent in terms of trust trust or tr you know trust of their professions and what they do and the bottom three chris they were politicians government ministers and ad execs so i think as marketers we kind of get lumped into that group and so what Ouch. what was their score what was their score for percentages uh their score was between nine and thirteen percent which is uh okay a pretty depressing score isn't it well yes exactly so i was i was supposed to say that but you obviously have the same numbers as i do yes nine and thirteen percent which is frighteningly bad it's dropping it's getting worse and there's truth behind the fact that people like us aren't as trusted as we should be or would like to be or even historic levels. There's a you know, turgid, difficult political time in the UK and the US with a constant volley of fake news or accusations of fake news, which is undermining confidence. There's issues with the digital platforms, which can be an echo chamber for all that's good, but also all that's bad and a lot of spam and a lot of nonsense. You know, when I report someone on one of these platforms for hate speech or bad behavior, I'm not even sure that they really follow up or manage their, their audiences. Customers are in the midst of a trust crisis. There was a quote by the Salesforce CMO, Stephanie Buscemi, who said that there was 50% um, 
54% of customers don't think co- companies operate with their best interests in mind, mm. which is a horrible thing to think that more than half. There's an Edelman Trust Survey, brand trust survey from a couple of years ago, which said that 81% of people say trust in brands is an important part of my purchase behavior, but only a third of people say they actually trust the brands they buy. So that, I guess, could be an opportunity for brands, but it's kind of sad that they're in such a poor state it's more complex you know you've got to try and now figure out is that an ad or is that uh just just normal content mm. in this internet powered media environment and you're not paranoid brands are listening via your smartphone microphone and if you talked about summer holidays or new shoes don't be surprised if you see ads on facebook or instagram appearing in 24 hours there's lots and lots more reporting and journalists finding out that actually these microphones are picking up and sending sending you ads whether you think you consented or not my wife has been talking to me quite often and asked me a question do they do that on purpose are they is that a strategy and you know from my perspective and certainly from the african-american and black communities is black outrage becoming a strategy it's hard to discount some of the cynical tactics that gucci's and h&m's of this world have got up to and then just all ongoing problems and concerns about the problematic use of airbrushing and the promotion of unrealistic body size norms and body image ideals. All this is going on, Chris, and it's undermining trust. Yeah, it's it's a tricky backdrop. Both sides of a pond, I think, that we're operating in, that that sort of level of suspicion starts to increase in all areas. And and you look around and you think, what are you meant to believe that's real and what isn't? But with every challenge, there's an opportunity, Sam. We'd like to look at it that way at least. Uh, it's the organizations that make a stand or call this out or initially go against the wind often end up in front. front. But, there, but there's a challenge there as well in terms of as sometimes organizations move from outsider to mainstream, we have to constantly work at it. Otherwise, we can move from outsider to the establishment and then end up being become part of a problem, part of a system. And and it's mm. and as you say, it's not a new concept. Uh, you know, I've probably been one of the most successful campaigns of the uh, last decade was a Dove uh, providing sort of the real sort of women campaigns rather than using mm-hmm. models. And, and I know you'll talk about that a bit later on. And, and which is a consumer champion organization that I've worked with in the past in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and it provides independent, verified, unbiased reviews. And the current campaign uh, starts with educating the public about brand bias, um, the dangers if things are not lab tested to create mm-hmm. uh, an objective review, and uninformed opinions. Uh, so in a way, it's consumerizing exactly what as marketers, as digital and performance marketers, we try to install the, the need to carry out A-B testing, the need to ensure that you're looking at things objectively. Mm-hmm. So conver- conversations that we're having on a day-to-day basis are moving from a marketing field into consumer field, which I think is, is quite encouraging and, and needs to happen as well. Yeah, and there's there, there's um, the similar organization, Consumer Reports in the yeah, US. Of there's a German organization. So around the world, it's become very well established that you need that independent body testing 
reviewing and giving you independent advice versus perhaps trusting or relying on what the brands are and companies yeah, are telling you. Absolutely. And and even where Google was once seen as the disruptor and is now seen as the establishment with concerns worldwide around its level of influence and privacy, Ad- admittedly not as much as Facebook, uh, which was one of the marketing stories of the year and, and not for the right reason, bringing privacy to the fore. But, but again, Interestingly, in that whole sort of browser um, wars of, of previous times, Mozilla and Firefox is making inroads again. Um, you know, as our listeners might remember, so Mozilla it was a uh, a non for profit organization or a foundation which at its heart it has the aim of promotion of openness innovation and participation on the internet and and, and back in the day the firefox browser was seen as a as a um, as a great alternative and and steadily over the years has has lost market share to both safari mm-hmm. and to chrome but, but there's a great quote by the chair at Mitchell Baker of the Mozilla Foundation that it's no longer fighting for market share of its browser, it's fighting for the future of a web. Um, mm. And the pitch is that only Mozilla is motivated first and foremost to make using a web a pleasurable experience, not driven by advertising revenue or data mining. And and I and I think mm. that in itself is fascinating how things start to do a full circle where the disruptor becomes the establishment and new people come to take the place and say, actually, you don't have to do it like that. There's a different approach. Yeah, well, yeah as, as you were saying, uh, talking about Mozilla, it just reminded mm. me of DuckDuckGo, which is the the online search alternative to Google, which won't stalk you and track you everywhere and try and sell your data. And I just saw a report that, uh, that claims that Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, uses stuff. Duck, 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 go. So even the if the founders and owners of these big tech companies aren't using their own platforms, maybe maybe there's some some truth behind the concerns that we're but raising. To be fair, I think, I think um, Jack is still using don't... Twitter, but yeah, I, I get your point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's not he's not using Google Search. So um, we we could even be some more specific about some of the issues that people are facing. And it's been a bad few months and years, even in the UK and the US, when it comes to trust busting examples. There's the vaping brand. Jewel that despite you know initially wanting to stick with their make the switch campaign there's been increasing regular, regulatory concerns and and health issues being faced by their consumers and it's led to their agency actually ditching them for ethical reasons which is an interesting one and even more recently we're, we're finding that uh, the social pr- platforms and Instagram have completely banned mm. vaping products from being promoted or even shown on their platforms. It's taken a while, but now they have an issue even using influencers anyway. You've got Volkswagen and Philadelphia who got their ads banned in the UK for gender stereotyping. And so it was, I think the Volkswagen ad showed a bunch of scenes of different people, but showed the woman pushing a baby uh, and just in that stereotypical role and not some of the other more creative or different roles in the ad. And Philadelphia Cheese had the bumbling buffoon dads who lost track of their child and can't be trusted, which is so, so not true in this day and age, yet they continue to perpetuate that that visual. So there's tr- trust issues. Harvard Business Review published a whole article a few months ago, a whole, a whole publication, which called out just about all of the, the tech companies, be it the Netflixes, Amazon, Spotify's, and Microsoft. There so is. there's a there's a lot of reasons to have concerns. Yeah, and, and then there's example of campaigns which push for honesty, but perhaps don't win the trust of the consumers themselves. There's, um, there's a soft drinks brand in the UK. I'm not sure whether it's in the US called Oasis. I think it's part of a 
Coca-Cola company. And their advertising campaign was, if you continue to buy Oasis, we will stop advertising. But it, but it brought with it a level of cynicism and whether they would really keep to their word, perhaps not the original purpose. And, and elsewhere, uh, the UK government spent a reported £100 million on a campaign urging the the um, public to get ready for the 31st of October Brexit deadline. That, that never looked like happening mm. and, of course, didn't happen. And and you ask mm. yourself, is that, is that advertising or is that right. propaganda? And again, back to that point about who do you trust. And, and we try not to get too deep into the right. politics on this show. But but I think, again, we are, when we're looking at all of the media messages coming to us, increasingly the consumer is is not spending their time thinking, do I want to buy this? It's a question of, do I actually trust what I'm being told? Right. But to be honest, Sam, I think that the modern landscape and the fact that so much marketing is via social media and content means that this doesn't actually even get to the, the nub of a challenge. Mm-hmm. As we are increasingly focused on creating an image online ourselves, as individuals, there aren't many Instagram posts of people putting the garbage out, putting the bins out. And I think we we sometimes confuse putting the best version of oneself out there with putting the best selfie of oneself out there. So, so this filtered, uh, modified image of our lives is something that we are increasingly doing mm. on an individual basis as well. That's Yeah, that's a fair point. And as we continue to do that and the lines get blurred, there is a concern that there are acts, actors, um, people out there who aren't really supporting the best of us and really acting in our best interests. And we're seeing a shift in the use of influencers. I just mentioned the fact that some of the platforms have finally banned some of these vaping products when tobacco products have been banned for a a long period of time. But things are changing as we speak. And a good starting point is realizing that the influencer industry is anywhere between five and fifteen billion dollars, depending on which projections that you, you you follow. And therefore, you've got organizations like the Federal Trade Commission in the U.S. and the Com- Competition and Markets Authority in the U- U.K. catching up and putting into place regulations and restrictions. The rules just got a, t- a lot tougher and more stringent for, for branded content, for product placements and disclosures. And you have to declare everything of value. So if it's just the product, you still have to state that you you were given that for free. You have to declare family relationships. So no more s- s- sneaky or sly shout outs for businesses or products that your family got um, relationships with. You, the one that I think is going to be the most transparent, I mentioned earlier that some mm. of these products are even bland completely from the platforms. But in on Instagram, the photos themselves have to eat, com- communicate that this was a paid endorsement in the photo and not even in the text below that. And even liking or retweeting now has to be declared that you're being compensated for it. So it's going to take a while for these practices to kick in. But these authorities are going to prosecute you. They're going to go after these individuals doing it. And so that's going to have to shift the behavior sooner rather than later if their self-policing isn't going to happen. And as I think about that, Chris, with all these regulations coming in, the ad industry is going to have to act. If they don't, they're going to have a business issue because they're going to just lose lose resources, lose compensation, lose money because their funding's going to go away if people are going to go into sponsorships and content marketing. So they have to fix it. And when you think about trust, there there are there's a trust in in truth, trust the truth report, which came out again in 2019. And it basically lays out 
things that we know as common sense, but perhaps we'd forgotten. What is trust? It's about being reliable, keeping promises, behaving responsibly, open and transparency about what what um, you do and doing things with the best of intentions. So basically the values and the practices Mm -hmm. that marketers of all levels that can take and apply and holding ourselves accountable for that. So Keith Weed, who was formerly the CMO of Unilever, makes me proud that he is working hard in the UK and holding his hand out across the pond to fix it. He's leading the advertising association efforts in the UK and role modeling what we need to do to be better. And they're taking on key core issues that are causing the problems. So it's the reducing the ad bombardment that we face when we, especially online, when you're just bombarded and, and overwhelmed with all this communication trying to sell you something. So let's get that simplified and reduced. Delivering best in class UX user experiences and standards. So those devices that trick you into buying something or the countdown clock when you're trying to buy an airline ticket that completely stresses you out. Those kind of things are not in the best intentions of consumers. There is improving data security, which we talked about data leaking and data being sold and transferred unfairly or under the under the table. And then driving social change and being a force for good. Those are the four issues that he is campaigning that advertising can, should, and will fix in the near future. Now that's great. It's good to see the landscape changes once again. And, and our job as marketeers is to tackle that. Every cutting edge version of media started out as an outsider channel at some point before it becomes part of um, the establishment. You think back pirate radio, first iteration of a web, and we all know where home movies started in the first mm-hmm. instance as well. So, so I think our role as responsible marketers, we need to look at new channels, establish what honest and trust looks like. And that, that comes from where your own personal values are right. as well. So that that, li- um, that list you read out, I think, being reliable, keeping promises, sharing the same values, behaving mm-hmm. responsibly, uh, that applies to right. individuals as well as organizations, I think. I think one of the other things is that for next year, because certainly this has been a, a buzzword of this year, I think, is about fact-checking. Uh, it's a, the number of websites or Twitter feeds that have come up. I think it's probably the phrase right. of the year for me. And and again, I see that as something that will become much more to the fore mm. over the next sort of few years, where where the trend will be to have have elements obje- um, you know, objectively verified before making a claim. So you're always re- re- um, referring to a sort of third party. And marketers at all level have that responsibility there. It, it will come from mm. the values that we install as a company and the, the values that make it easier to call out as well. So so that, I think, will be quite interesting. But you know what, Sam? I, I do right. wonder whether we're looking at this all wrong as well. Mm. Um, perhaps the lines are blurring irreversibly as the lines between reality and virtual reality change. You know, you think about it. So digital consumers spend a reported mm. 1.5 million plus on virtual items each year. You know, And, and really, those virtual items, be they uh, emojis or swords or um, whatever else, these virtual objects are nothing more than a series of pixels. That's what you're buying there. And yet people are willing to buy virtual goods on, on, on games as a way to establish their identity. Um, and what they virtually buy can define what they think is cool in a, in a way of self-expression as well. So 
each day thousands of transactions take place in markets, even on eBay for swords, currency, clothing, across a variety of different environments. Mm -hmm. And and it's an important part of the overall, this isn't an add-on, this is an important part of the overall satisfaction of our customer experience, that people who buy these virtual items, buy them increasing the to increase the our over, overall satisfaction um, in the virtual world. And, and there's a really interesting company called um, Carlings. It's a Norwegian company and it's launched a digital only fashion range where you buy the virtual item of clothing that you want, you supply a photo of yourself and, and then the bought item is edited onto your picture. It's aimed at social media influencers who often buy an item of clothing once um, to share to their social media. I mean, in a way, it sounds like glorified photoshopping in a way, but, but Kiki... Um, person, I think that's how you pronounce the na- um, her name, the brand manager states that the new trend enables buyers to take risks with their styling without leaving a negative carbon footprint. Now, now, interestingly, is that is that a good marketing message or, or is that a moral purpose? But, but if you think about it, our ever-changing fast fashion causes um, the, the, uh, the fashion industry to contribute more than 8% of global climate impact, greater than international airline flights and sea travel combined, certainly report that I read, where this would create a zero impact on Mm. the environment. But if you're there viewing that and you're not clear whether that is real or whether that is a virtual item, where's the line again? What can you trust? Um, So it does allow us to be more creative, think about cheaper, no material wastage. but I, but I do increasingly think that we're we're in a situation where perception and reality are two different things, and and perhaps the role of marketing and advertising hasn't caught up yet. Perhaps what truth is needs redefining as it becomes increasingly too difficult to judge. So we need a new breed of marketers to to make their mark and and help us define that. Yeah, the, the, what I, I love about where you're going with this is the idea of change change is inevitable but how do we raise the bar and act in a better way and set higher expectations and live up to them we're seeing organizations with purpose coming to the fore and brands like lemonade entering the insurance industry in the u.s and doing great work and companies like volvo aiming to be the brand with zero fatalities which is a mission beyond just selling more cars the pursuit of this gold standard can tap into the better angels and the googles and amazons and facebooks of this world have signed up to those standards in the advertising space we've seen tesco mcdonald's sign up to the iab gold standards and taking a leadership position that other brands will hopefully follow. It's about truth. And what I'm particularly excited about in the US is brands such as CVS and Target and ASOS retailers, health and beauty retailers, for example, are stopping airbrushing or photoshopping their models. And they're bringing along the other brands, the CoverGirls, Revlons, Olay's, L'Oreal's, all of those brands now are subscribing to that standard. Some brands are having to completely reshoot their campaigns to ensure they meet these authenticity standards. And by 2020, the few brands that don't abide by CVS's authenticity standards will have to showcase a sticker 
notifying the consumer that the imagery has been digitally altered. And so the standard now has become as airbrush Photoshop free. And we're getting to that level of consciousness where the, the product with the Photoshop is, is stickered and indicated to consumers. Uh, and that's, for me, real progress. That's that's something I'm excited about. Yeah, so there is hope. And, and I think, interestingly, just on that last point, I, I don't have a problem if things are digitally altered as long as we know about it. I mean, let, let's face it, the movie industry for years has been digitally altering its product and, and everyone or a lot of people are much, much happier with the end result. So I don't have an issue about that. It's just being clear what has been and what hasn't been. So there is hope, Sam, which is good. And I think that the point being that marketing is transforming once again and finding a new level where channels, product messages are, are being re-evaluated, which is, which is good news. But if there is a clear sense of purpose and ultimately a desire to transact honestly, even if we're making mistakes along the way, then that's how we rebuild the trust, I think. Although it might look slightly different to before. Yeah, so I think the the, um, the landscape does change. So Sam, come on, let, let's wrap us up. Let's let's keep mm. to our trust and keep to our 25 minutes. Give us the three t- um, key takeouts and reflections. Well, firstly, Chris, it's a fact, not perception. The reality is that trust is diminishing. There's so much data out there and we as marketers and advertisers are mm. making it worse. Secondly, transformation requires us to find a new higher level as individuals and as brand custodians. We have to make a concerted effort, be better, be in a race to the top and to start calling out the bad. And then thirdly, there has to be a commitment to do it well. It'll require investment at times. And in the CVS case I mentioned, they're doing it well and doing it together. Bring the industry with you and do it quickly. Yeah, great. Great. I like that. So next week's show is going to explore the power of purpose and the positive impact it's having on brands, on the employees' experience and corporate leaders who are helping drive that decision and how we'll continue the momentum behind the efforts to rebuild trust. So so I think it will be a continuation of what we're talking about here, but looking at the, the power of social change and, and the influence that has. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait for that, Sam. Awesome. I think it's going to be a great episode. Yeah. It sounds like a great show builds on this week's episode. So until next time, Chris, have a good week across the pond. Well, that's it for this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link. If you listen via Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud or anything else, then click on follow, subscribe or type Marketing Transformed into search. We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformedshow at gmail.com.